chapter 7 of the book of Joshua. Joshua is a story of the children of Israel going into the promised land finally after uh, all their years of wandering. And the first town that they get to is, oh, I'm, I don't have my thing. Do you want me to put my... Jericho. Jericho. So they, chapter 6, uh, the battle of Jericho, and I'm using air quotes, battle, because it wasn't much of a battle. They did, they, uh, the all the walls fell down. We all know that song, but uh, they, uh, the wall, it says in the, in the word that the walls fell down flat and they walked straight forward. Everybody just walked straight into where this city that had, gosh, where the walls are like 20 feet thick or something like that. There was actually a building in between the two sets of walls because uh, that's where uh, Rahab lived. And um, so, the, but what they were supposed to do was take just the, uh, the gold and the silver was supposed to go into the storehouse for the Lord. Uh, it was stuff that they were going to build, <coughs> build stuff for the Lord. Uh, and they weren't supposed to take anything else. They were supposed to burn up everything else and kill all the people. So that's, that's the end of chapter six. All because that that thing was what did they call it? The harem. Okay. And that was a. Uh, it was supposed to be dedicated to the Lord, and then burned like a sacrifice. So, chapter seven. And this is a little parenthetical statement at the beginning of chapter seven. It says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. Accursed is the dedicated things. Um, for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. But they don't know it. Only Achan's family knows what's happened. So... So none of them know what's no none of them know about Achan. So Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, the next town that they're going to take. And this is a little ways. This is northwest of where Jericho is, and Bethel is over here, and Ai is right next door to it, just a little, not far apart. I mean, like only about two or three miles. So. He sent men to Ai, which is beside Beth, Beth Aven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them saying, go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And it's important because you got to know that they're close here. Bethel here and Ai right next door. Uh, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, do not let all the people go up, but about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Remember the people of Ai are few, because we'll come back to that in a second. How much would a few be in that, in that day? Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, that, that's what I was picturing. But he said, just take two or 3,000. 
So maybe there's only two or 3,000 men there. Or so. so they're few. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. They had to run away. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. So Ai attacks these guys that have come to attack them. There's about 3,000 guys, and they killed 32 of them. So they killed 1% of them. Not, it, not horrible, but, but just, so just 1% of the soldiers get killed, and it says the hearts of the people melted and became like water. How, where have we heard about their hearts melting before? Yeah, yeah. She talked about that. And uh, the, uh, the other kings around, they, their hearts melted. They didn't have, it's like the hearts didn't even have enough to beat. So Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. For 40 years, they've been not in the promised land and these and compromises so easily. Uh, and, and kind of ask God, what do you, you know, what's the deal? But the Lord, oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? Runs, that's running away. Actually, it says turn its neck, but that's what, it, when you bow down and, you know, you surrender to somebody, that's what you did. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? That's interesting that he's not really complaining so much about what's going to happen to us, but he, he's concerned, what are the people going to think of you, God? But it's such... a just a flip because they've already known that everybody was afraid of them because of how God had blessed them and all the things that God had done for us. Though everybody knows about the parting of the Red Sea. I don't know how many people know about the parting of the Jordan River, but because of maybe all those people got killed. But he asked, what's going to, what are all the people going to think? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? That's a good, probably a good word for us sometimes. Get up and quit whining. Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They have even taken some of the accursed things, which accursed means the dedicated things, <coughs> and, have both, and have both stolen and deceived, and they also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the curse from among you. Get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there's an, a cursed thing in your midst. Oh, Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And it's... Uh, we keep saying this accursed thing, but the word there, harem, really means something that's dedicated to the Lord because uh, it, it was an offering kind of, all right? And it's going to be important later on because God has balance in all things. 
And so, uh, in the morning, uh, therefore you shall be brought according to your tribes. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes, tribe which he takes, shall come according to the families. So it's tribe and then families and smaller and smaller divisions. And the Lord takes to household. The household which the Lord takes shall come by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. That This is instruction that God has given to uh, Joshua. He and all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord because he's done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes and the tribe of Judah was taken. So the big tribe of Judah is chosen. And he brought the clan of Judah and he took, and I mean, everybody's here watching what goes on, right? And he said, and he took from Judah the family of the Zarhites. And he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man and Zabi was taken. And he brought his household man by man and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was taken. And now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord of God of Israel. Make confession to him and tell me now what you've done. Do not hide it from me. I don't know if everybody knows what's going to happen. Joshua knows for sure, and everybody else may know, so he may know what's going on. So Achan said to Joshua and said, indeed, and look at the progression of what Achan talks about, because we deal with this too. Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I've sinned against the Lord, and this is what I've done. When I saw, that's number one, just seeing something. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and took them. So this gar- this pretty garment and, and some gold. And there they, uh, there they are <laughs> hidden in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So I saw it. I coveted it. I took it and I hid it. If you ever want to preach a sermon, there's your four points right there. June, did you write that down in case you want to preach a sermon? Okay. Um, and there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers. They ran into the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel, and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, all Israel with him, took Achan the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, his dog, and all that he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. All these, all of these other actors that didn't do anything. That's how much God wants to stamp out the sin that's in that camp. Wants them to have a clean break. And all that he had brought him to the valley of Achor. Achor, remember Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? That's what Achor means. The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones still there to this day. 
I don't know if it's still there to this day, but in Joshua's day, this is many years later that he's writing all this stuff down. He said, still there to that day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. So that's chapter seven. That was the, that was the, um, the debacle of AI. We're going to have another AI right here. Now the Lord said to Joshua, don't be afraid nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you. Take all the people of war with you and arise, go up to AI. See, I've given into your hand the king of AI, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do it, do to AI and his king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. He said, lay an ambush for the city behind it. I don't know if they've ever done this before, but they teach that what he, they do to AI, they teach it at West Point even now. So Joshua rose and all the people of war to go up against AI. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them away by night. So how, how many did he send the first time? 3,000. This time he sends 30,000, 10 times what he sent before. And, and, but he sent them away by night. Why would they send them at night? Because then nobody sees what's going on. He snuck them in there and he hid them around between, uh, between Ai and Bethel. And, uh, and he commanded them saying, behold, you shall lie in ambush against the sea behind the city. So around by, do not go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city and will come about when they come out against us as at first that we shall flee from them. So just like before, we're going to run away. For they will, I mean, it's almost comical if you, if, if you picture it, they come up there like they're going to attack and run away just like before. Uh, for they'll say, they're fleeing before us at the first and they'll think it's just like before. Therefore, we will flee before them. Then you shall arise from the ambush and seize the city for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hand. And it will be when you've taken the city that you shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord, you shall do. See, I have commanded you. So they're gonna, they're gonna run away. Guys are gonna chase them out of the gates. You know, I'm going to run after them down the road. And then the other bunch is going to sneak in and set the city on fire. What's going to happen when the city gets set on fire? They're go the, the guys are going to go, uh-oh, what's going on? Joshua therefore sent them out and they went to lie in the ambush, stay between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged the night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning, mustered the people and went up and he and the elders of Israel before the people of Ai to Ai. And all the people of war who were with him went up and drew near and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai. Now a valley lay between them and Ai. So he took about 5,000 men, set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city and when they had set the people, all the army that was on the north of the city, its rear guard on the west of the city, Joshua went at night into the midst of the valley. 
And it happened when the king of Ai saw it that the men of the city hurried and rose early and went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at an appointed place before the plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind in the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. So all the people who were in Ai were called together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And so there wasn't a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. So Bethel has jumped in on the bandwagon too. So they left the city open and pursued Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the spear that's in your hand toward Ai. So where Moses and Aaron used a rod to do all of it, Joshua was doing a spear because that's the kind of guy he was. He was a soldier and he's won a lot of battles already. Stretch out the spear that's in your hand toward Ai and I'll give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand toward the city. So those in ambush arose quickly. That was a signal to their place. They ran as soon as they had stretched out his hand and they entered the city, took it and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and behold, the smoke of the city was ascended to heaven. So they had no power to flee this way or that. And the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back on the pursuers. So they turn around, aha, and the group from behind that's in the city and set it on fire runs out to meet them. Uh, They turned back and struck down the men of Ai, so they're crushed in between, right? Then the others came out of the city against them, so they were caught in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side, and they struck them down so that left none to remain or escape. But the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, all the ones that had gone out to the battle, in the wilderness where they pursued them, and when they had all fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to Ai, Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. So they killed all the guys on the outside, and then they go back in, they kill everybody on the inside. Does anybody have a problem with killing everybody that's on the inside? It's, it would be normal, and I, it's our natural reaction because we don't, we don't like to think of that, but that's how war works. And, but furthermore, and through the centuries, a lot of times the women and children save them first, get them on the boats, off the Titanic, all that kind of stuff that has been a way that things have worked. But God wanted them to have a clean slate and that there wasn't going to be any kind of infection that would come back later and mess up their opportunity to be the people of God that he has designed them to be because they're going to have all of this outside influence that comes in. So, uh, they go back in and they kill everybody in Ai. So it was all who fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, all the people of Ai. There were only a few, right? It turns out there were 12,000 that are killed from Ai. So Joshua did not draw back his hand, with which he stretched out the spear. So he holds his spear out the whole time until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city, Israel took his booty for themselves, according to the word of the Lord, which he had commanded Joshua. So if silly Achan had just waited until the next battle, he would have had what he stole. He was going to get the, he could have got that stuff anyway, but he was greedy and eager to do things on his own, and so he gets in trouble. 
So Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. And it's, that's, Bethel is still there, but Ai is not there. Uh, a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening. And as the sun went down, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse down from the tree, cast it at the entrance to the gate of the city and raise over it a great heap of stone that remains to this day. So it, it may have been there for maybe 20 years, maybe 50 years or 100 years, or, but it was there for a good while after that. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord, God of Israel, in the Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, he commanded the children of Israel, as it's written in the book of the law, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. Why did they not have iron tools? Because eventually then they'd be they'd be making fish and birds and snakes and all that, and they'd end up copying the Egyptians. Because the Egyptians were already doing that. The Sphinx already exists when all this is going on. So um, that he's, they weren't supposed to shape those stones in any way to make the altar that they do the burnt offerings on. And so they uh, offered the sacrifice and the peace offerings, and there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, uh, the Levites who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim, and half of them in front of Mount Ebal, as Moses, servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. Um, so he's on a mountain offering these sacrifices and everybody can see it. it's a great big ceremony uh, to bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings, the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. So they come back to the word. He reminds people of the word and why they're doing all the things they're doing. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel. With the women, the little ones, the strangers who were living among them. That's interesting, the strangers, because God had made that provision for them uh, back over there in Deuteronomy, is that uh, a stranger who wants to be a part of you can be a part. Uh, and it came to pass when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland and in all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. So they're going to they're gonna fight. With one accord. That's interesting because all these people have been fighting each other for hundreds of years, but they get in one accord to try to go against God's people. But what do we know? Does this... I want to remind you, I didn't plan on this when I when we started looking at this. I didn't plan on it as a response to the war in Israel right now. But it's the same thing that's been going on for 3,000 years. But they're in one accord against the people, against God's people, the Israelites, the Jews. But, uh, but when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard about what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily. So this is one of the funniest stories. I, I mean, it's just a, it's a great 
story. You're jumping ahead. But, so these, the Gibeonites, all these guys, well, let's just gather together. And, but these Gibeonites, they're pretty smart. They figured, you know, they've been very successful at everything they do. So what can we do that's different? Because what do you know if you keep on doing the same thing that you've been doing? You're going to get the same thing you've been getting. So the Gibeonites, they want something different, so they try a different strategy. They worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took the old sacks. This uh, Gibeon is, uh, is only about seven miles from Bethel. Seven miles. That's from here to Davenport. And pretended to be ambassadors, and they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. There's a lot of old, even in moldy. Uh, they took all this old stuff, because they're being crafty, remember, and they went to Joshua, to the camp at Gilgal, no doubt going, <sighs> worn out from all the walking. They went to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, we've come from a far country. Now there, therefore make a covenant with us. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, perhaps you dwell among us. So how can we make a covenant with you? That's pretty smart, right? What if you... We can't make a covenant with anybody that lives in the promised land. We got to run all them out. We can't make a covenant. And then they said, no, no, we're your servants. So they, they say, we're at your service. We're your servants. Joshua said to them, well, who are you? Where do you come from? And they said, it sounds like they were going to do the Cotton Eye Joe. Um, so they said to him, we're from a far country, your servants have uh, come because of the name of the Lord your God, for we've heard of his fame and all that he did in Egypt, all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on, beyond the Jordan, to Sion, king of Eshbon, Og, king of Bashan, who was at Ashtaroth. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our far off country spoke to us saying, take provisions with you for the journey. Go and meet them and say to them, we're your servants now, therefore make a covenant with us. This bread of ours, when we, we, it was hot when we took it out of the oven. On the day that we departed, they don't say how long they've traveled or anything. But it, it was fresh bread then. But now look, it's dry and moldy. And these wineskins, which are filled with new wine, and see, they're torn. And these are our garments and our sandals have become old because of the long journey. I wonder where they got all that. I don't know. <laughs> But I can't remember which, but one of Shakespeare's plays, he says, methinks thou dost protest too much. And I think that they're trying so hard to sell this to me. I would go, aren't you overdoing it a little bit here? But they, they gave it the hard sell. They're very long journey. So the men of Israel took some of their provisions, and that, but they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. So they tried some of the food. Yeah, this is old stuff. But they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. 
What, what should they have done, Yvonne? They should have prayed first. Prayed first. God, can you show us anything? It's amazing what God can do if you ask Him. So Joshua made peace with He said, oh, okay. Yeah, this tastes like old bread to me. Yeah, let's just make a peace treaty. That, that's what comes of using our own wits when we have somebody, when we have the Lord, which is better. When they seen that it appeared to be yeah. Their eyes again. Of course, the devil can make stuff appear. Yeah. We can still deal, do all that. And Joshua, so he made peace with them, made a covenant with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore to them. And it happened at the end of three days after they had made a covenant with them that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their city on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Chephirah, Beeroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. So, but the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation swore to them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation complained against the rulers. Then all the rulers said to all the congregation, what can we do? We swore to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now, therefore, we can't touch them. This we will do to them. We'll let them live, lest wrath be upon us because of the oath that we swore to him. And the rulers said to them, uh, let, let them live, as we promised. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying we're from far, when you dwell near us? Now therefore, you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. So they answered and said, because your servants clearly told that uh, we're clearly told that the Lord our God commanded His servant Moses to give you all the land, so we heard about that, and to destroy all the inhabitants of the land before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives because of you, and have done this thing. Now here's here we are in your hands. So do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. But they've already got the promise that they won't hurt them. So he did to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord in the place which he would choose even to this day. Have you ever heard of, um, of these guys before, the Gibeonites? We have. We, we studied about them when we looked at Nehemiah because when they built the wall around Jerusalem, after they've been carried, after the children of Israel have lived for several hundred years in Canaan, the Gibeonites are still there. And when they're carried off in captivity into Assyria and then into Babylon and they, the tribe of Judah comes back and they, the wall is torn down all around, uh, Jerusalem, they rebuild the wall in Nehemiah's day. And it's the Gibeonites are part of the people that helped build the wall. So they've been incorporated over hundreds of years. They get incorporated into the, and become a part of the society. They become followers of God. And they're part of the group that helps rebuild the wall in Nehemiah's day. So the Gibeonites, but they stayed servants for a long time, but they eventually become, God makes a way even for those people who have been uh, 
So some, I don't know just where I was looking for it, but, uh, but it says sometimes we do things to our own hurt. To keep our word, we go ahead and do it even though it brings hurt to us. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and... That's what happened. Yeah. Absolutely. But, well, and King Solomon did the same thing when he made that oath about Jonathan. And he said, well, I guess you got to kill him because I made a dumb oath. That's a problem that comes from making an oath in which that in, in the New Testament we're told not to make oaths, not to swear by this and that and all. Well, um, King Saul breaks his oath of the Gibeonites. And kills them. Yeah, I didn't mean Solomon. Saul. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he King breaks David, the. He breaks the oath, and then King David has to fix it. Right. Right. Not being able to back down from an oath is a problem, and Saul could have admitted that. I I just said that. I wasn't even thinking. That was a dumb thing to say. People should have been eaten so that they could fight better. That's in King Saul's day. But King Saul killed Gibeonites too. He did? Yes. How about that? And that's why, and then uh, <clears throat> I can't remember exactly what came over Israel when King David sought God, but you know, who sent here? And he said King Saul did. Oh. So he went to the Gibeonites and said, What do you want? He said, We want the house of Saul. Uh-huh. And he gave him everybody except for. You know, How about that? That one guy. So. Mephibosheth. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole, we, we're going to look at um, one of the conquests, but we may only do one chapter, maybe two chapters next time. Uh, all right? The, uh, it's interesting that a 3,000-year-old writing that uh, can still speak to us today, that God has something that he can, Show us that we can understand about who he is because God is consistent over all. Um, and his word is always true and consistent. Uh, to this day. Question? Comment? Yes, be a yes or no, be a no. Any word that is sin. That's right. Don't make oaths. Yes or no? For sure. Matthew chapter well, he's six. Well, the one that made the vow, and he said the first thing he did come out, he dedicated it, or killed it from the bed. It his daughter. Mm. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. The judges. Yeah. Terrible. Don't do it. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this group and their dedication. Um, thank you for the support that we give each other. Thank you for their uh, dedication to pray for other people. Thank you for the way that you show yourself faithful to all these that we do pray for. Um, I pray for health over every single person in this room right now. Your blessing on, blessing of health on them and that as we uh go out from this place and we move into winter time and colds go around, I pray your protection over this group right here, that they'd stay healthy and that nothing, no weapon formed against them would prosper uh, of any kind. 
that we would be a testimony, that our good health would be a testimony in Jesus' name for, for the world to see. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So Amen. Amen.